Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to episode 191 of the Falcoholic Live. I am your host, Kevin Knight, at Falcoholic Kevin on Twitter, joined by my co-host this evening. He is Adnan Ikic, at Say Which Way. Adnan, how are we doing tonight? Uh, doing well. We are officially in the most deadest <laughs> of dead periods in the yes. NFL. I don't know. I think technically the deadest, right, is like the end of mandatory minicamp in early June between like what july 28th ish depending on the year because there's literally nothing happens you know i would say otas is like pretty close to nothing and we're going to get into that tonight obviously and and the depth of nothingness that it is but yeah (laughs) it definitely comes in in waves of nothingness yeah yeah like um i think this is the first real wave because you know you have after the season ends obviously it's it's all about draft takes and then you know, you have free agency coming, you have the draft, you have that to talk about ad nauseum if you want. <laughs> yes. And then after the draft ends, then it's all about the, the reaction to the draft. So you have a few weeks of that, uh, some more free agent signings, some rumors. And and then you it really kind of slows down. And now we're at that point where it's completely like screeched to a halt, where yes, the NFL is a uh, year-round sport at this point especially yeah but now it's like you know it, it's late may man like yeah there's really not there's the conference finals going on in in the nba and all, all second round in the stanley cup playoffs but there's really nothing going on right about now in sports like you know early season baseball sure right <laughs> yeah and it seems like the Braves aren't doing as well as expected either so it's sort of uh, even worse for that but yeah I mean it's just as much as uh as much as the NFL has become sort of a, a 12-month thing these you know May June July is definitely the uh the lightest of the light in terms of content but we're gonna do our best to bring you guys some interesting stuff tonight uh we hope to have more OTA tidbits to talk about uh Not a ton there, unfortunately. Uh, I know people are asking if I was going to be there. Uh, It's not worth my time and or money to fly down for like two days of OTAs that I'm not sure the media gets a ton of access to anyway. Uh, So no, I don't really have anything, uh, you know, personally from there. But, uh, you know, it's nice to be able to see the players, right? To see them in their new practice jerseys. We did hear about some more rookie contract signings, which is nice. Um, it is nice to see everyone's smiling faces in the chat. Obviously, we don't really see your faces, but uh, we see your little avatars, and that that brings me joy. So it's nice to be able to hang out with you guys. Um, but I think the majority of the show will probably dedicate to some more roster talk. Uh, we're going to get into quarterback and running back. Slash fullback, you know, Keith Smith, shout out. Um, 
and uh, you know break down those positions a, a little bit too. So we'll and we'll I, I'm purposefully divvying this up because we could probably get to like half of the offense tonight if we wanted to, but we need to parcel out that content over the off season. Oh, so yeah. we always oh. have something to lean to lean uh, on. You guys so. have no idea how difficult things are right now. <laughs> like ju- just in the world of NFL blogging, like there's not there's really not much going on right now. We're no. We're scheduling some roundtables. Yeah. We're we're doing some previews for the season, some some player profiles. Oh, sure, hell yeah. but yeah. but it's like <laughs> like right now we are scraping the bottom of the barrel. The yes. well the well is dry. It's like it's like a drought comes every single year at this point, and we know that it's coming, and it, we just have to figure out how to you know how to kind of get through it. Yeah. Exactly. We're going to find a way, certainly. Uh, and that's a good time for me to talk about another little piece of content that's coming out next week. Uh, we're still deciding if it's going to be Monday or Tuesday, but the next patron Q&A session will be early next week. We're going to sneak it in just in time for May. Uh, so definitely look out for that, patrons. If you're interested in getting involved in the Patreon, the link to that is patreon.com slash Live. Sorry. Um, and we really appreciate all 24, 25 of you supporting us there now. Uh, that's, that's been really great. We appreciate that. Um, and, uh, yeah, as you guys can see on the YouTube channel, uh, all of the Falcoholic podcasts, at least all the ones that I, I can get, um, are going to be sort of dual shows. So we'll have a video version and a audio version. Um, so, yeah, you can enjoy that. I know uh, Mondays was a, a UDFA breakdown for the true DGENs out there that really wanted a deep dive into ev- almost every single undrafted free agent the Falcons brought in. Uh, we did it. You know, we, me and Thor Nystrom, we, we went, we did it. We went into it. Uh, Thor Scouts 500 Guys, we talked about that on Monday. So check that out if you want that sort of information. Um, but, yeah, I mean, tonight, to start with the OTAs, I mean, we really haven't... Um, we really haven't gotten anything super notable. I mean, sort of the same thoroughfares from rookie minicamp, right? That that Desmond Ritter, I mean, the big one, and it sort of segs into our later conversation tonight, but, um, you know, Desmond Ritter is, is impressing early, and that's not a surprise, I think, to anyone that knows Desmond Ritter's game. Like, he's a very polished, very high football IQ type of quarterback. He's going to hit the ground running faster than other rookies. Um, you know, he's not necessarily like a Malik Willis who I would be sort of surprised if he was really, really like locked in from day one. Um, with Ritter, it's just like, it's never really been a question to me of like, can he be an NFL quarterback? Cause I think he can clearly it's sort of like, what is his ceiling and can he clean up some of the, the small issues that keep him from being that sort of guy that you want to build an offense around? Or is he sort of just like a, guy that you sort of want to be your spot starter here and there. But um, so it's it's nice to see, obviously, that he is looking, you know, polished and, and poised and early leadership, all the buzzwords you want to throw in. You know, that was sort of one thing that I've that we've seemed to been hearing consistently. Um, I think there were mentions of Drake London, maybe, you know, looking healthy. That's obviously a good sign coming off of his ankle injury. But again, it's like OTAs. Nobody's got pads on. Don't really know too much. Um, don't really know too much about that. But uh, was there any th- any whispers otherwise that you've heard from either OTAs or minicamp that you you felt worthy of mentioning, Adnan? Uh, 
honestly, uh, I know that we have to pretend like rookie minicamp is important. It's a big but, deal, you know. <laughs> yeah, just for the sake of content. But yes, yeah. I don't think anything from rookie minicamp is even... It's even. I don't think it's even worth mentioning, but you know, we'll talk about it because there's nothing else. Because this is just literally just. I think the Arthur Smith talked about it last year. It's just the uh, the rookies, you know, learning where everything is. Yeah, it's like it's like your college orientation, yeah. or you know, you know, it's your orientation before you start your first day of undergrad, where it's like, hey, this is where the locker room is. Maybe they'll be assigned a locker. This is where, you know, the parking lot is. This is how, you know, uh, this is where you can get around in the training, uh, in the Flowery Branch facilities. Uh, and then everyone's out there, you know, looking nice in shorts and jerseys. And, oh, yeah. you know, it's just, I don't think you'll ever hear a negative report from, from uh, minicamp just because, you know, if you do, then something's really wrong because spring hope is eternal. But I remember, was it, a few years ago, was it Tyler Starr, the former yeah, seventh-round yeah. linebacker, where it's like mm -hmm. everyone started like you know gushing over his performance and in, in rookie mining camp, and you know this is going to be maybe the next Clay Matthews because he has the long hair and stuff. But I remember Bleacher Report articles talking about him. <laughs> yes. But, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just you know. I'm happy that the rookies have a chance to grow accustomed a little bit to the facilities and they'll be given their playbooks and they'll be, you know, given some of the simpler stuff to do, some of the stuff to memorize. And But, you know, Desmond Ritter, I see he has, uh, he looks like he's incredibly confident, which is, you know, very good to see. He had that Players' Tribune article uh, pretty much calling out every every general manager for not taking him, which, you know... I, you can't knock the kid's confidence. I, right. I mean, I'm here for it. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully it doesn't end up like a Josh Rosen situation where he's like, oh, I'm going to make everyone regret for passing on me. And then they didn't. Um, but, yeah, I, I was listening to Desmond Ritter on, on the radio last week. He was on 92.9 The Game, the flagship station of the Falcons here in, in Atlanta. Uh, and he was just basically talking about how much he was embracing the opportunity to uh, have uh, a spirited and healthy competition with Marcus Mariota. And, you know, he's going to let the chips uh, fall where they may. He's going to respect the coach's decisions. And, you know, he's just looking forward to going out there and, and working. And so far, he's, he's really saying all the right things. He looks like he has uh, the right head on his shoulders. And he looks like the type of guy who is he, – he has the makeup of a leader in a locker room. And – that's all you can really ask for for uh, a quarterback that you just uh, drafted a couple a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, it's certainly what you want to hear, and um, I'm glad Ritter has the confidence because you sort of have to uh, you have to like if you're not confident in yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to make it in the NFL. Like you have to, and it's like that's why it's always we hear all these corny stuff about like oh I'm in the best shape of my life and like you know I'm the best there is in my position and like I feel like on an intellectual level you know these guys don't necessarily all think that they're like legitimately the best player, but you have to pretend that you are because the only way you're ever going to have a chance to get there. Um, so I do think uh, it's good to see that from Ritter, and we'll see. You know, hopefully he can back up the talk and back up the confidence with his on-field play. I know we've gotten a lot of questions about you know can Ritter 
start week one? Does he have a chance and all that? And we will certainly get to that here shortly. Um, cause I don't think there's too much else we need to talk about with the OTAs, but, um, you know, I, I, I do like to hear that. And I think, you know, the, the good news is that, you know, we we're seeing these players on the field for the first time. Everyone's, everyone's sort of looking like advertised. No one's, you know, everyone is like, like London's ankle injury looks okay. That was, you know, something that could have potentially lingered a little bit into the off season, but, um, he seems to be good to go with that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's so far so good on that. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the other thing would be like next Wednesday, we might have something to talk about with Deion Jones. I know Robert Kelly mentioned that there was a rumor going around that Debo, like Deion Jones might go to the Ravens for a fifth round pick. I mean, I, I don't know the Ra- I guess I, I don't know the Ravens depth chart well enough to know if that's a move that they would make. But I do think a fifth round pick is probably what he's going to end up going for. I mean, I hope it's more than that. It probably it could easily be less too, but um, yeah. Particularly if the Falcons do pay his roster bonus, like I do think that a fifth round pick sounds about right, you know. And that would be great, right? Because we just sent a fifth round pick to the Raiders for Brian Edwards. We get a fifth round pack pick back for Debo. It's all good, you know. We're, we we're back where we started. So, um, you know, I I sort of suspect that he's probably more likely to go to the Cowboys or the Jets. I mean, those are sort of the favorites to acquire him you know, for obvious reasons, right? You know, Jeff Volbrick is with the Jets. Dan Quinn's with the Cowboys. The Cowboys have plenty of cap space to make it work. The Jets could easily move money around to get there. Um, so I, uh, you know, I, I do think that, uh, I, I do think he's going to be traded. We'll see where he goes, but I do think Robert that a fifth is probably a reasonable pick to expect back. I mean, it could be more or less, but I think that's about what we're talking about. It's not going to be a day two pick, but, um, you know, maybe the, the, the ceiling would be like a fourth rounder floor could be as low as like a six rounder. Probably. I mean, the Falcons probably take whatever they can get for him, but, um, yeah, I mean, I I do think it's going to happen though. I mean, we saw Jeff Schultz report it, right? So, um, you know, are you sort of in the, in the same feeling there, Adnan, that that sort of seems inevitable that Debo is going to be on the way out? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, I think if he's not out this year, I mean, I'd, I'd be surprised. But I think his days in Atlanta are numbered. I don't think that he's going to be a Falcon long term. And I remember every single time, I think I mentioned this last week, but uh, the Falcons coaching staff, when talking about the linebackers, on more than one occasion, they have not mentioned Deion Jones by name. Like, they have listed out the team's linebackers, the guys in the linebacker room, and Deion Jones, who, whom you think would be the name at the top of that list, being the veteran here uh, and being one of the captains of the defense, he was not mentioned at all. And, you know, I, I feel like Deion Jones he kind of brought this upon himself at this point. Yeah. Like, all we were looking for is effort. Like sure, the, this team, uh, this team wasn't wasn't great last year. Like I, <laughs> I think you know they won seven games, which I think is a testament to the coaches. Uh, but I think that was more of a fool's gold. Seven wins, just looking at, I think they won something like six and one in one score games, which yeah, yeah. normally tends to balance out and even out. Um, so I, I think, it, and they beat a lot of like you know. A they lot did. Of rookie quarterbacks. They beat the bad teams consistently. Yeah, which I, yeah. I mean, I'm not yeah. going to fault them for beating the bad teams. That, that's 
that's that's a start. That's do. a start. Yeah. yeah. We weren't beating the bad teams a couple of years no, ago. No. Like for the last three <laughs> years, we weren't beating anyone. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, the point I'm trying to make is no, this team wasn't great last year, and you know, so that's okay. But what's not acceptable is the lack of effort. Like if you're going out there and you're trying and you're you know playing playing your hardest, I can't really say anything. Like you yeah. know, if if the team just doesn't have talent, they don't have talent. You know, we'll figure it out. But I can't say anything about you as a player because you, you're going out there and, and you're giving it you're giving it your all. Deion Jones the last couple of years hasn't done that. Like last year, he has he, he's taken plays off. You know, in the middle of the field, you you've seen him not put in all of that effort you know, that we, that, you know, he can, that you've seen yeah, with him with yeah. Dan Quinn, ever since Dan Quinn was fired, he's, he's had a big effort issue. I remember he had the same thing a couple of years ago after Raheem Morris took over and, you know, I, we were noticing it like man, Deion Jones, he's just, he's just playing at half pace out there. And that's just, that's just so unexpected, especially being yeah. the veteran of a team. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if he was named a team captain on defense last year. I don't think uh, so, and that's kind of telling I, too. Yeah. But but for you to not for you to go out there and just set that as the example, especially for the young guys around you on this team, like if I was Dean Pease, I'd want him out of here as soon as possible, to be honest. Like, especially especially Pease, who's one of those old school guys who, yeah. you know, you know that he's not tolerating that shit. No, no, that's part of the reason why I was like, I was surprised they didn't trade him off uh, early before his roster bonus kicked in too. But I mean, it, it's, you know, he's a good player. He's had some really good years here. This is just not a good fit for him. And I think the lack of effort is not going to be something that this coaching staff will tolerate. So um, I hope he ends up going somewhere else and, and finding success. And I hope the Falcons get the cap relief and they get, you know, some kind of pick back. I think that would be great. So um, everyone's yeah. happy, you know. <laughs> and uh, Kevin, uh, if you want to talk about, we can talk about the, the salary cap implications of a, of a June, 4, June 1st um, trade as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, I broke it uh, down. Yeah, I did break it down in yeah, a tweet so recently, I, but yeah. I think that'll free up what? Eight million? Is it in cap space for the Falcons it's, this year if they want it's it? It's a little bit more let me see if i can find it it's it's different than the exact numbers because um they have to pay his roster bonus as far as i know so therefore they don't get the full saving like um if they had traded him before the roster bonus they would have saved like 14.7 well it would have been different because it would have been pre-june 1st uh they would have saved more next year but as it stands now, the post June first saves like twelve point four million or something like that. Um, so it's it's a significant amount, and you know I I don't know that they would go spend all of it either. Like they might try oh. to roll some over to next year, but yeah, his cap hit at his cap hit if he plays this year, like right now, <laughs> twenty books, million. His yeah. cap hit is twenty million dollars. Yeah, which I think is I think it might be the richest cap hit on the team it is. on the defense yeah it's all, the on richest the on the whole team yeah, yeah. well other, other than the dead cap that we're paying well ryan and julio jones yes, but that's true <laughs> yeah, technically yeah, like, speaking yes yeah, matt ryan is technically the team's highest paid player this year yes yep. but yeah you know you're, we're eating our vegetables it's, it's all mm-hmm. coming off next mm-hmm. year 63 million in dead cap yep <laughs> yeah i don't know it's just get it all funny. get it all out of the way at once that i think that's a good idea just just bite the bullet get it yeah, all well, done so which is the exact opposite of, of what the saints are doing. And I remember, I recall we were questioning 
is Terry Fontenot going to take that Saints approach uh, this year where he, you know, kicks that can down the road year after year after year, which Mickey Loomis has done again. Um, but it's the exact opposite. I, I think Terry Fontenot is just so scarred from having to work around the cap every single year in New Orleans that he, he came in here, here and he's like, all right, we're never doing that shit here. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I support. I'm, I'm I do. completely yeah. fine. Like this, the Falcons are going to have the most cap space in the NFL last next year, especially after this, after getting rid of Deion Jones, I think they'll have, they'll have around a hundred million next year. And that's not even, that's with Calvin Ridley's 11 million on the books where we don't know what, what's going to happen with him. We don't know if there's going to be a trade imminent there. Um, but yeah, you're talking about, so it is 12 million this year. I know the dead yeah. cap will go, the dead cap will be 12, but I thought that with the 20 million cap hit, that's where I got the $8 million from. Yeah. It's the, the 12 from the 20. Yeah. It's because when you do the post June first, it splits the dead cap into yeah. two seasons. Uh, so I, I think it's more like 12, but it, yeah, it's, it's because of the, the roster bonus and everything. It, it, it chunks it up kind of weird, but yeah, it's, 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 it's a significant amount, and I, I don't know that they would spend it all either, so you might you know be able to carry some of that savings over to next year as well. And then, you, you know, any cap you don't spend this year rolls over to next year, so they could easily add more, too. I mean, at a certain point, it's like, okay, we, we have enough cap space, but, um, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see. And, um, and, I mean, having $12 million dead cap next year isn't it, – it's not as bad as it has been the past few years where you really have to navigate it because, like I said, it's like – a hundred million dollars in, in in cap space next year, like more or less. Well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens given like uh, given extensions and what happens with Calvin Ridley. But like twelve mil is just going to be a drop in the in the bucket. Yeah, I mean, hey, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset about it because again, next year anything we don't spend can roll over again. So hey, why not? We have we have also a surprise appearance from director of guest personnel Evan Birchfield. Evan, how are we doing tonight? Oh, Evan, your microphone's very mute. It's very quiet. It's very. It's, we can hear you, but it's very. It sounds quiet. like it's far away. Yes. Okay, let me put in uh, the old school wires. I think we might be right. Okay. There. All right. Now that we got rid of Evan. Yeah. <laughs> Great job. Great job on that one. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um... I know the other thing, uh, we had a question from Robert Kelly, uh, asking about a bold take on a surprise player to make the roster week one. Um, so I don't, I, I, I know I have one, um, so I'll give mine while we, you guys can think about it for a second. You know, I don't know if you know the dregs of the roster, but yeah, I mean, mine is, is still going to be Seth Vernon, that UDFA punter, just because I think, uh, you know, Dom Maggio, no offense to Dom, like, that dude has continued to stick with this team through, like, multiple regimes, and, like, he just sticks around. Like, he never actually punts the ball in the season, but he does stick around. So, like, he... I'm, he, I'm really sad that we let Morrison go. Like, yeah, Morrison well, was yeah. was really good last He was good. They, they clearly wanted to the- just... Yeah. He, he was, was yeah, player of the month. Player of the week. Or, yeah, was it month? Yeah, I think it was month at some point. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I do think uh, they're trying to get younger at that spot. 
with a cheap and cheaper too. Not that more set was expensive either, but um, you know, I do think it's going to be Seth. I, I would say Seth Vernon, the punter, just because I think he's, he's a really good special teams coverage player too. He's like six, five two. 30 or something like that like former wide receiver so he can tackle too he might be the new bosher in that regard but uh i think he averaged like 44.9 yards per punt last year which was among the best in the ncaa even with the punt god involved so um you know that that's a very good number he's coming out of portland state so it's a smaller school but again like punting is pretty much punting regardless of the level of competition i mean in terms uh, of like i feel returns. like i feel like you're stealing evan's thunder here yeah that's true yeah no, he might have gone okay. with the, he might have gone with the special teams guy but yeah can you, Evan. Can you hear me oh, yeah, yeah. Can, we can hear you now. now yeah yeah it's much okay. better now. all right cool uh, what was the question surprise player to make the roster this year oh okay yeah, and, and who who did Adnan I went with the punter? With? Adnan hasn't gone yet, so we can let Adnan go first. If okay, you want to think Adnan about it. Go. Yeah, yes, let me think about it. Yeah, um, surprise player. Uh, I haven't really gone through the direct. You haven't like done that. a deep dive on the UDFA class. Very yet. very deep wow. dive. So disappointed. Um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I maybe Tyler Vrabel, uh, yeah. Mike's son. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Falcons definitely will have some competition for uh the tackle position um i'm not not that he's going to be like um starting or anything but right uh you have you're probably going to have Jermaine Fetty as the swing tackle for the team you have McGarry and Jake Matthews uh maybe the team uh, i think there's going to be an opening for Vrabel to to fight it out with Colby Gossett for that fourth tackle position because teams uh, I don't know if the team will be super comfortable with going into the season with just three tackles on the roster. Um, But yeah, so uh, I'll go with, I'll go with Tyler Vrabel just because of positional value. Yeah. I think he could be a guy that maybe transitions to guard too. And we know that the Falcons have space at guard. No, no, no. Their guards are just, (laughs) You know their guards are great. You yeah, know, well, well one of their guards their, is their great. Guards are yeah. guards. You know, their guards are, you know, they're they're on 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 a roster. They guard they technically. Players. They do guard. Yeah, yeah. Um, just not in the way that you hope. But uh, yeah, yeah, Evan, where where are you, where are you leaning? Any any uh, any sleeper? You know, surprise picks for the the roster here. Yeah, I I like um, Adnan's pick of Vrabel a lot because um, I think I could definitely see that happening. Um, but Nathan Landman is like one of the names not mentioned that I will go with. Um, he's a pretty big linebacker. I think he's like six three, two forty or something like that. Yeah. Um, and was very good at Colorado. Um, I actually thought he'd be drafted later, but he didn't end up, and that's good value for the Falcons, who you know all of a sudden linebacker seemed like it was a strength for this team, and now it's you know. Not so much. Um, <laughs> a lot of younger guys at the positions. Um, when you consider Foy is, you know, no longer on the team, and Deion Jones is not good, but probably won't be on the team um, come the season start. So, uh, yeah, he's a guy I could definitely see, you know, slipping in there. I know they got Anderson um, in the draft, but Nathan Lambin would be my pick. Yeah, I think that's a really good one. I I think that if Deion Jones gets, gets traded, I would say Lambin's actually like a favorite. Yeah. Um, if they keep five linebackers because 
you know, I mean, it, then it's it's Michael Walker, Rashawn Evans, Nick Kwiatkowski, and Troy Anderson. But if they keep a fifth guy, it's like Landman has just has to beat out like Dorian Etheridge from last year, who was another UDFA linebacker mm-hmm. that ended up making it, and like Rashad Smith, sort of like an NFL journeyman type of guy. So like the path is clear for him. You know, with with Landman, it's just like has he fully recovered from his knee injury um his, his serious injury that he had back in college because that that seemed to sap some of his athleticism but he's i mean productive reliable linebacker um mm-hmm. what there's is, a I couple think, yeah oh i no, was just gonna say there's yeah. a couple other guys just to keep a name on like like uh uh jared uh bernhardt the guy everybody knows about who was like really good in lacrosse or whatever yeah, yeah. um just like kind of fun names that it's like oh he could be really good or just be completely off the roster. I mean, this time of the year, there's always those players like that, that everyone hypes up and stuff, but he's, he, you know, certainly sounds like a dude who has the athleticism and stuff. It'll just be interesting how much, you know, cause I think he was, he was what a quarterback, um, like his, yeah, his yeah. transition and playing football was pretty interesting. Um, so that'll be, cause he was at Maryland, I think playing lacrosse. Um, and then wh- where was it? He ended up. It was what like was a it? smaller school. Yeah, yeah. It was like uh I should I thought it was it. somewhere in, Yeah, you know, it was like, some some it was like Ferris State or something like that. Ferris State, right, yeah. right. Um and you know that that's a name to watch. They you know, they got a couple of receivers like Tyshawn James and Stanley Berryhill. Um Berryhill's probably more well known. Um, but both of those guys have big size um that they kind of been looking at and like Matt Matt Hankins, um I believe that was the corner from Michigan. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's another name to keep an eye on. Um, but what's interesting is like, there's, you know, and we saw in recent years, especially under the new regime, um, how the, you, you know, undrafted free agents have been able to make an impact compared to that last year. I think it was where literally with Dan Quinn and Dimitrov were literally none of the undrafted players. Yeah. Yeah. 2020. Even, yeah. I mean, that, they already got a raw deal because, there was no preseason stuff right. like that, but yeah. like none of them stuck really. No, not um, at all. As opposed to last year, and now this year, there's some you know there's some opportunity for those guys. So I think all the names we kind of mentioned are like realistic um, shots to make the roster. Uh, we're really covering our bases here. Like, we are. We are, give, we are giving you analysis on the undrafted free agents. Like I this, know. this. This is some May. May content peak, right here. Peak oh, May content. Let, let me shamelessly plug anyone who hasn't read. Uh, I did interviews with a couple of the guys. Um, um, Trey Webb, who actually made the roster mm-hmm. after rookie minicamp, um, was one of the guys I talked to. And that can be found on the uh, falcolic.com. Um, and I already talked to him. He might come on one of the shows here That'd in a awesome. couple of weeks. So. Yeah, Montana State. Yeah. Shout out. Uh, l- let yeah. them know, Evan. Anyone who does come on the show is an instant favorite of the show, and we will. Yes, we will talk you yes. up. Yeah. We will shamelessly put push that agenda. Yes, definitely, definitely. without fail, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, what was I? Was, I had pulled up Nate Lamont's stats while you were talking, and his 2018 mm-hmm. was nuts. Uh, 104 total tackles, 15 tackles for loss, four sacks, two interceptions. Uh, so, I mean, that's pretty crazy. And his 2019 was none too shabby either. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, that was before the injury. So, you know, he was a like potential like day two sort of pick um, before the injury. But uh, you know, if he can if he can recover, I mean, even last year uh, he had six tackles for loss. You know, four pass deflections. 
um, in seven games, 63 tackles. So, I mean, that that's respectable production, too. It's just he's probably more of a base package, early down thumper type of guy in his current state. But uh, I do... I do like me some Nate Lamb, and I think he has a great oh, shot. But yeah. by the way, I, I know like this isn't talking about the un- well, sort of a little bit, but uh, the preseason. I've just mentioned the preseason. I just wanted to uh, express some vindication that I that I felt. Yeah. And uh, the preseason. I remember last year when we were talking about the preseason. You know, I I was questioning it a little bit of why Arthur Smith, you know, wasn't starting any of the starters like you know I, I said I couldn't really be too upset because you know there's there's injuries in play and you don't want you don't want any of your guys getting hurt but I I was skeptical at you know not not playing any of the starters in preseason and then expecting there to be success right away especially for a new regime a new offense and, you know, I remember people being like, oh, no, like, you know, that's dumb. Like, you know, don't play any of the starters, blah, blah, blah. Well, apparently now Arthur Smith admitted that he was wrong. Oh, and he man. said that he's he's going to change his approach. And we will pro- – he said we will probably see the pre- the starters playing more in the preseason. He said we'll probably right. play everybody. Yeah, that, so that'll you know, help the that, show. Yeah, <laughs> that'll absolutely help the show. Yeah. So yes, th- this is just me taking my victory lap for, th- there you for go. that take. Oh yeah, I do not forget. I will miss all of the sim- the Matt Sims sim- simulator takes. Oh, but, we'll probably you know, get plenty of back. Yeah, yeah. Back we will. I'm sure, but it'll be the Frank's machine now or something. We'll have to we'll have oh. to workshop that one. Yeah, there's three. I preseason this year will be so. It'll be. I think it'll be more fun than, oh, than yeah. in the long mm-hmm. because you have the Desmond Ritter, Marcus Mariota quarterback competition. Yep. We haven't had a quarterback competition since 2008 here yeah. in Atlanta. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Not to mention, I mean, you look across the board, like receiver group, once you get past, I mean, Brian Edwards, we assume, will be a starter. Obviously, Drake London and Tate. But, like, when you get past those guys, it's like anyone can move up or down. Mm-hmm. Um and that, you know, just looking at other positions, depth on the offensive line, um, defensive line depth, obviously there's a ton of, could be a ton of movement there. Cornerback group, it's, there's a, you know, some pretty good depth there, but, you know, we've seen in past year, like Darren Hall last year, um, you know, a young dude made an impact. There's some other young guys and there's some free agents like Tease Tabor brought in, like, how is he, Wachowski. you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. It, it's um. I think it's uh, gonna be interesting. Oh yeah, no, the defense. It's it's a special. There, there's a lot of young, promising pieces on this defense. Like I cannot wait to see what this pass rush looks like, even in the preseason. You're talking about, you know, Abikadi, Ogundeji out there. Um. Uh, you have. Uh, well, so I'm, I'm having a, a brain fart right now. The fourth round rookie from Malone, Malone. D'Angelo yeah. Malone, as well. So I mean, Troy Anderson. I'm I'm excited Troy, to see oh my how God, he Troy Anderson is going to be. He seems like the guy who's yeah. got like the most hype, quietly most hype, maybe, um, just because of how athletic and uh, Kevin uh, wasn't he the fastest linebacker or something? Yeah, 
I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah four, four, nine, two, I think it's ninety nine point nine. So maybe there was one guy that was like slightly faster. Oh, okay. But okay. I mean, pretty much, yes. Four four two yeah. is faster than Kyle Pitts for the record. And, but. Yeah. And by the way, like Troy Troy Anderson and Kyle Pitts. Remember, we were fawning over his forty time as well. Oh yeah, he, he's ninety nine point seven. So uh, it, <laughs> Kyle Pitts's forty time is what it was, was the turning point for me in the draft process. Like because the entire time I was like no 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 to a tight end no, <laughs> then he ran that forty and I'm like, well you I mean know. I, I don't know you could talk me into it <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, it's spicy yeah into it. yeah yeah, <laughs> um, but no Troy Anderson and some of the tea leaves that I've read from uh, rookie minicamp Troy Anderson's looked really really good. Yeah, I suspect that. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna thrive in training camp. Like when he can just fly around, and before the pads come on, he's gonna look amazing. And like, hopefully, that confidence will help him. You know, that's I, like I don't want to count Troy Anderson out because this is a guy that's played three positions in four seasons at Montana State. Like he played two of the quarterback, running back, <laughs> and linebacker, and beca- and was all conference at every single one. So I don't necessarily want to like say that he can't do anything like that like oh he can't be a star this year he's gonna take away all this time like I mean this is a guy that has made a living out of just sort of changing positions and doing whatever is asked of him very quickly so this is clearly a smart guy you know it the NFL is a different beast but I I do like his upside for sure and I I think we'll Mm. see him sooner rather than later um well speaking of this roster talk let's get into uh, quarterback and running back, which is our, our, our positions tonight. Quarterback, there's three guys. Uh, Marcus Mariota, the veteran, the favorite to start, I guess. I think we'd all be comfortable saying he's the favorite. Um, then we've got the rookie up the, the rookie upstart who's coming in saying he's going to depose a veteran uh, in Desmond Ritter, third-round pick this year. And then UDF, the former favorite. UDFA. Yeah. Oh, the is that your favorite? favorite. Yeah. No, the coach's favorite. Arthur oh, the coach's favorite. favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, Felipe yeah. Franks. And then we got, yeah, Felipe Franks uh, bringing up the, the third quarterback spot, who I think could still make the roster if they keep three again, certainly. And I think he's certainly a guy that's worth like keeping around in the practice squad. But uh, I would be shocked if he's a serious part of the like starting competition. But uh, let's kick it off with Mariota, uh, a guy who I know some fans are really quite excited about um you know i'm not quite there yet i do think you could have done a lot lot worse with your bridge sort of starter um i think mariota is at least intriguing you know if you're looking for a potential reclamation project very low cost former number two overall pick you know he sort of checks all the boxes never had an off-field problem in his life so you know that's a nice change from who the falcons were pursuing previously um so you know, uh, I, I'm a big fan of, of Mariota. I, I think that uh, if he if he wins the starting job, you know, we can be confident that he's at least going to facilitate the offense in a way that's watchable week to week. I don't know that it will be a high end offense by any means, but he does have a winning record as a starter. I believe uh, we're close to it. Yeah, I think I think two out of three seasons as a starter, he he had a, a winning record. And then the the third season, he had like a drastically mm-hmm. losing record that pushed him just under five hundred. But this is a guy that that's won, you know, almost as many games as he's lost. And let's be let's be real. I mean, some of those Titans teams he was a part of were not very good teams either. So um, it's not all on him necessarily. But he's he's been a guy that's sort of failed to stay healthy, failed to take that next step 
away from being like a good plus backup. Um, so yeah, uh, Remember, I'll, I'll, a former number yeah. two pick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no. So Marcus Mariota, I think this is a true one year bridge. Like, I think that this team, uh, I think that this coaching staff truly, truly hopes that Mariota isn't on the team next year. Uh, and I mean, that, I, I don't know that that's, that's dramatic to say, but just looking at, <laughs> sure. at, at the contract that they gave him, Next year, he's going to account for a $14.5 million cap hit, and you get $12 million in cap savings uh, if you part ways with Mariota next year. I think that they truly hope that he's that one-year bridge into Desmond Ritter starting next year or into, you know, I'm not discounting the possibility of them drafting a quarterback, even if it's high next year, depending on how Ritter looks. But uh, Mariota, this made sense from the jump. Uh, remember, the the team, the coaching staff, immediately signed Mariota. I think the same day of the Matt yeah. Ryan. Yeah, it was like break. right after they got. It was rid like of immediately him. after. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's no way that they didn't already have some talks in oh, place yeah. and oh, yeah. a, a deal in place, just because Mariota. And this is the reason why I think he's. I, I would I would pencil him in as the week one starter. I think he's a near lock to start week one, because remember Mariota played in Arthur Smith's offense yeah. in Tennessee. Like mm-hmm. Arthur Smith was his offensive coordinator. Granted Mariota got benched for Ryan Tannehill, which was the correct move to make because, you know, they then went to the AFC championship. They needed a true better game manager and, uh, in Tannehill to, to ride Derrick Henry to the AFC title game. I think this was in 2018. Um, but Marcus Mariota knows Arthur Smith's offense. Like he has run this offense before and yeah. he's, he's run this offense successfully before. Um, I, I'm sorry. I think it was 2019. I, I think he, he won more games than he lost. And, uh, in 2018, he had a seven and six record. He was nine and six as a starting quarterback in 2017. He's won games with Arthur Smith at the helm. And, you know, I think that they want to give Desmond Ritter some time. Uh, but if this team is not in playoff contention, which I don't think it will be uh, by midseason and going into late season, then I think they need to, you know, kind of take the training wheels off Ritter and, and give him the keys to this car, so to speak, uh, just to see what you, what you really have in him. Uh, I think it'll be a failed season if you don't see what you have yeah. in these rookies and you still miss it. Like, I mean, if this team wins 10, 11 games and Marcus Mariota is slinging it, then right. yeah, by, yeah. by all means, then like, that's your yeah. answer. Like you're, you're keep, you're just going to keep Mariota at like 14 million next year and it'll be a bargain. Um, so, cause you're not, that's the yeah. thing. It's sort of like they've set themselves up. Like if, if, if like, you know, all of our wishes are granted and I guess, depending on your wish, you either want Mariota or Ritter to be really good. If, if Mariota is really, really good, there's no way this team is in contention for like a top pick. So you could probably kiss the quarterback selection goodbye because the top guys are going to be gone. Like if, if Mariota's out there slinging it and looking like a really good quarterback that they wouldn't, you know, they're probably first of all going to be interested in sticking with Mariota. And second of all, they're probably going to be picking like you know, the, the back half of the top 10, you know, maybe the, the early part of the teens. 
If he's really, if Mariota's really good, they're probably like, yeah, if he's good, yeah. I'm saying like in this make-believe situation where Mariota's actually this like great player, they like, the, you won't be in position to get one of these good quarterback, like these elite, you know, rookie quarterbacks anyway, without a massive trade-up. So, um, and the thing is, I think something we haven't even mentioned once, if Mariota's good and, but you really like what you have with the Ritter. You, you could even like trade Mario oh, yeah. next yeah. year. Like he's you know, mm-hmm. he's gonna be thirty years old. He's gonna have a very manageable cap hit for a quarterback. You know, you could trade him to the next team that wants that bridge quarterback. Yeah, exactly. But, so if, if yeah, if he yeah. plays well, you know, but they they do need to see Ritter though. That's the other part of the yeah. discussion. Like we need to see Ritter at some yeah, point. Yeah, I think the only justification to not giving Ritter a legitimate chance, even if that's him starting in week ten, week eleven, whatever is if this team goes to the playoffs or is in that playoff contention until the very last day, which, I mean, I, 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 I doubt it. It's doubtful. You know, it's possible because <laughs> we're not haters here. You know, I think there is there is a narrow path for the Falcons to walk to relevance. But, um, yeah. uh, by, by the way, us, us criticizing the team and – not predicting double-digit wins, I don't think that makes us haters. I, I no. We, if we, we were just saying, like, fair, oh, this team yeah. sucks, you know, whatever, like, that'd be one thing. But we're, I feel like we're, we're giving reasoned analysis. We're trying to give you guys accurate information. Um, right. If we said like, last year they were going to win 12 games, would that have been good? <laughs> we would have been completely wrong. Yeah, like, exactly. We're so just it, being it, honest. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, we're not haters. We want the team to win. Yeah, and, and yeah. I mean, I think we lose credibility if every year we just go out there and we're like, oh, this team's going to win 13 games every year, even though, right. you like, know, they don't look... Because it's like... I mean, if you want, you know, just sunshine, rainbows, then, you know, AtlantaFalcons.com will never say anything bad because that's the team's yeah. website. You know? Exactly. So, yeah, Mariota's MVP candidate. Over yeah, you there. can Here always. He's battling for a job still. Yeah, you can Mariota. always read like uh, Falcons press releases. And, yeah, you know, yeah, there's right. not everything. There's not anything bad like in that. So if that's that's how you want to roll, then you know, by all means, I respect it. But and the thing is, we want we want to be wrong. Like I, yeah, like yeah. I, I'm. Not, oh yeah, absolutely. Hey, if Mariota wants to go out and win eleven or twelve games next year, um, with that you know pretty tough schedule. I hope he does, and I, I hope I'm completely wrong. Like, I'd be perfectly okay with oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, we are fans. We're of not haters. Yeah, like, yeah. We, we we are supporting, we are rooting for this team, but... Yeah, there's, man, the, there, it, but there's, it, like, we also have to write about them, and, like, you know, we, we try to to back it's up... It's fair criticism. Everybody yeah. at the site does yeah, fair yeah, criticism. I, I will yeah, say, if we ever criticize, we will give you justification for yes, why right. we are thinking, like, we're not going to go out there... It's not like me talking about the Saints and I'm like, oh yeah, fuck oh, the yeah, Saints. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, we're absolutely haters about the Saints. Yeah, there's no there's no impartiality whatsoever there. Yeah, but. By the way, Kevin, uh, I, I think you need an answer to the readers for picking <laughs> the Saints to beat the Falcons. Well, I'm, I'm going to pick this. I'm going to no. It's just so that we can deepen their eventual suffering when we play them in Week 15 and knock them out of the playoff race in New Orleans mm. because. You know, week one, it's going to be a really tough task to beat New Orleans in week one. Like, with this new quarterback, with this offense that's probably going to struggle out of the gate, like, going to play one of the best defenses in the NFL on the road week one. Or, well, it's at no, home. we're playing but, at home. Playing wait, at so home. it's on the road, yeah. 
No. <laughs> right. You know, so it's at home, so it's on the road. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I, no. Okay. In, in now, fairness, now that's being a hater. Yeah, that, no, that's being a hater. Yeah. For yeah, sure. it's, uh, I, that, was, yeah. that was a bit uncalled for. Yeah. <laughs> um, in, in fairness, uh, I think I think that the Falcons fans will pack out Mercedes Benz in Week One. I think so for sure. It, it's yeah. the Saints. It's Week One, uh, and then after that, it's a like you got to play. Then after, yeah, then after that, we won't talk about that. But I, I think Week One, the Benz will be popping. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Week One's the the week to go because hope springs eternal in Week One. So that that's a good week to go. And, and, and then, also, yeah, yeah. also, Falcons win that game. They'll be above five hundred for the first time since twenty seventeen. Where it's like, how can you not criticize this team? They have literally not been above 500 for a single day since 2017. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Oh, shout out to Zach Langston, by the way, for the $10 tip. Zach, thanks much. He says, keep it up. I need the Falcons content all year round. Yeah, we do too. Why do you think we do this? It's for us as well. Like, we got to have something to talk about too or else we go crazy. So, uh, appreciate that, man. Thank you. Um, Yeah. No, I mean, uh, getting back to the quarterback conversation, I mean, I... I yeah, we, we really went off track with that. We did, it's yeah, fine. I, I, I felt like it needed to be said. It did, yeah. No, it was it was relevant. It was tangentially relevant, but it was relevant. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mariota, I think we all think, is going to be the starter week one, more than likely. I, I think I said it in a tweet that, like, you know, Ritter's got, like, a 20% chance maybe to be the week one starter. And that it might would be take, generous. like, a... Yeah preseason meltdown where Mariota's just throwing ducks interceptions left and right against starters yeah um of the opposite team and Ritter's just in there slinging it like left and right and it's just like everything's going for a touchdown because there's no benefit to rush him out unless it's clear that it's like okay Mariota's broken like we're not winning anything with him which right not I'm in the future but we probably won't get to that point um even if it's close and Ritter's like clearly like okay this kid's special he's not going to be the re- week one starter unless Mariota is just like literally like terrible. yeah or he gets hurt or something and obviously right. we're not hoping for that 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 would not be a good situation for oh anyone, yeah yeah so. of course yeah um but yeah I mean I think with Ritter you know we talked about it earlier in the show he is a guy that's that's likely to to have an earlier to be ready earlier than than a lot of rookies because of the way he plays the game because of his college offense um and he's got the leadership qualities. He's got the experience. I, I do think um, I do think we're going to see Ritter. So I'm interested to, to know what you guys think the timeline is for that. Uh, you know, I guess maybe week eight, you know, before or after week eight, you guys think we'll, we'll see uh, Desmond Ritter out there. I do. I do. Oh, sorry. I'm no, go not, ahead. I was, I was just going to say, I, I think it'll be, I can't remember off the top of my head because I don't have a schedule right in front of me. But there's those stringy games where it's really tough. And then we have, I think, the Bears, the Commanders, yeah. and Panthers. I think that's like week 11-ish or something in that area. Um, yeah. If the Falcons are like, to, you know, they've got one or two games where they've won, um, that might be a time you see them. But I, I don't think it's going to come, you know, until late, maybe even after the uh, week 14 bye or whatever. Yeah, I think... Week ten is that's sort of what I feel mm-hmm. like. Week ten is sort of around there. We right. get you know seven, eight games it, worth of Desmond Ritter at that point, and so. it makes sense because the benefit of by week ten, let's say, let's say they make the move in week ten. By week ten, you know what you're getting from Mariota, um, which is probably not like oh he's the quarterback of the future. Obviously, if you're considering benching him, where 
with Ritter, this whole process of taking somebody, um, you know, in the third round or whatever, it's the you want to see what the value is because, like Adnan said, he doesn't prevent you from taking a quarterback next year. So, what good is it to start him for a game or maybe even two? Because that's not enough to really judge someone. Where if he's able to finish out with like six or seven games, it's like, okay, you have a better idea, um, you know, in what's probably a losing season that doesn't end up in the playoffs. But at least you go in the offseason knowing um, we, st- you know, we think there's something here with this dude. We don't have to go quarterback in the draft. Or, yeah, we gave him a run, not really high on him, but, you know, well, maybe we'll keep him around as a backup or something, but we're going to still look in the draft as a quarterback. So. Yeah. Yeah. Adnan, what do you think, you know, in terms of when we'll see Ritter? Yeah. I think this is where having that week 14 bye really hurts because, you know, that bye week is where you're looking at as like, you know, the transitional week a little bit. Uh, I mean, one having a week 14 bye just seems ridiculous in the first place. Like I'm all for a late bye, but that, that seems super late. Um, it's extremely late. It is. You know, I think if you're like a, a playoff contender, you're probably pretty happy with that buy. But like, yeah, for the Falcons, it's not really super valuable either way. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I hate having the super early buy as well, which is why next year we'll have a week four buy. Oh, something. yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think the week that I'm looking at is prop. if I had to guess, maybe week 11. And I say this because you'll have had 10 games with Mariota. I feel like that the team will be at that point three and seven, maybe after those 10 games, uh, maybe if everything breaks, right. Well, I don't know. They, they'd have to win. They'd have to be three out of three in divisional games to be four and six, in my opinion, because I don't <laughs> think they're beating the Bengals 49ers bucks. Well, three out of four. I don't think yeah. they'll beat the Browns either. Well, I mean, maybe. if 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 uh, you know if if Watson's not playing, they might maybe they'll have a chance against the Browns. I mean, even if he's not, if they have Mayfield, they're still like that team is still. You know, That'd be really still, funny yeah. if they keep Mayfield too. That'd be hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the way I'm looking at, it, I think they'll I think they can beat New Orleans, and they'll beat Seattle, and then uh, you have the two Panthers games. Yeah, that's what but, you're hoping for. Yeah. yeah. So four and six seems okay. Uh, I mean, I think that's like the high end of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the reason why I am saying week 11 is because that week 10 game against the Panthers is on Thursday night. Uh, and you at least have that extra three days of rest. That's sort of as close to a bye week as you can get without having an actual bye week. Uh, I don't think that they'll put him in for week 10 on a very short week coming off of that uh, Chargers game uh, and then having only a few days to prepare. And then, you know, you're completely changing your quarterback there. Um, So I will say my official guess will be week 11, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's, if it's a little sooner, maybe they uh, pull the cord on Mariota after week seven or week eight, but, and also there's a chance that Mariota gets hurt as well. Like he's been very injury prone in the past. Yeah. Uh, and if he does get hurt, then, you know, it's kind of, you just kind of throw Ritter into the fire a little bit. Um, hopefully it's not against uh, a ravaging defense. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, I need Mariota to at least make it 
through week two, you know, like so that so that Ritter doesn't have to get massacred. Uh, by the I'd Rams, say week but, five because you know yeah. you still have the Browns and the Bucks defenses in there yeah. as well, um, and also while the Seahawks team isn't very intimidating, you still I don't think you want to throw a rookie into that Seattle environment either. No, for his first no, game, probably not. Yeah, that's um, a tough place to go play on the road for sure. Um, but uh, yes, I I can. I definitely think that we will see him at some point in in midseason. Uh, but you know, if Mariota's five and five after ten weeks, and I mean, I don't see how you bench him at that point. Right. Well, just to see how it plays out. I mean, if Mariota's looking real, like like Mariota could be playing great, and the team is five and five. Like that probably is a real. Like that could be a, a scenario. So. Mm-hmm. The win losses alone aren't going to determine. Now, if Mariota is like miserable and the defense somehow is carrying this team to like four or five wins, then we're more likely to see Ritter. But I mean, I think we're going to see Ritter play at least like four games this year. Probably it just more, makes sense but, yeah. from the aspect of looking at your future, unless they truly, you know, after those games, they're like, right. okay, Mariota is the future. Yeah, unless it's then clear it that Mariota is the future, right? And then, right. then you have, then you have your future answer one way or the other. But yeah. Because there's certain stuff you're not learning in practice or what or what you saw in preseason. It's like you need to get him in those real games against real opponents and games that matter. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, I mean, later, like after week 10, you know, you've got the Panthers, you've got the Bears, you've mm-hmm. got the Commanders, you've got the Steelers that might not be quite as intimidating this year. Um, you know, so maybe you can get Ritter in there for a few games at that point. We'll see. Um yeah, and then Franks, I think we all feel pretty confident, is a practice squad slash maybe third quarterback. I mean, I think he makes a lot more sense on this depth chart now than he did last year um, because I think he, he's a guy that makes a lot of sense as a backup and understudy for m- like more dual-threat quarterbacks like Mariota and Ritter. He, he looks a lot more like those guys than Matt Ryan for sure. So, um, you know, I think he's going to stick around. I think the coaching staff likes him. I hope that the, the tight end experiment is over. Um <laughs> You know, I hope that we can move away from that. But I do think he's certainly worthy of keeping around an interesting sort of player. Um, so that brings us to running back slash fullback. We got Corderell Patterson. We got Damian Williams. We got Tyler Algier. And then we got a competition for that last spot, Quadri Olison and Caleb Huntley. They didn't bring in anybody else. Um, so it's actually a pretty quiet running back room. And then we got Keith Smith at fullback, friend of the show, Keith Smith. Um, so, you know, Keith Smith's a roster lock for that alone. Um, he's also, <laughs> you know, solid fullback and a great special teams player. So we know how much they value special teams. I'd be shocked if Keith Smith wasn't the fullback this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, how, in terms of the rest of the running back room, Evan, I'll let you sort of take the lead on that. What do you think about how that shakes out? Well, we can pretty much, you know, Patterson's safe. Damian Williams should be safe. Uh, Tyler Algier, obviously safe. It's where you get to, like you mentioned, Allison and Caleb Huntley, where things get interesting just because there's nobody else. Like, I mean, Keith Smith's a fullback. He's pretty much safe as the starting fullback. Um, So really, that's the preseason battle to keep an eye on is Allison and Caleb Huntley. Um, I'm a big Caleb Huntley fan, obviously. he. um, I did a undrafted free agent uh, interview on him. Um, What was it, two years ago or whatever when he first? Last year, uh, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, made his way onto the 
staying on the practice squad. Um, and now he's, you know, got a real opportunity to try and make the roster. Um, but yeah, that, that's an interesting matchup because they're both, you know, Caleb Hundley's almost like a little bowling ball kind of player. Um, when he was at ball stage, just likes run over people and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting to see how it shakes out that competition mm-hmm. for the last spot, I think is interesting too. You know, you have to think Olison maybe as the layup because I mean, he averaged five yards per carry last year on 20 carries, you know, when he got a chance to to play, I think it was like one game. He got a bunch of carries in. Um, uh, so certainly. It, yeah. remember, was it the Patriots game? Where he was really, you know, he was running I think a little so. bit. Yeah, like, but, and then it was, it looked good. I mean, he didn't get a chance again, but you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, I think you know that, that game's been wiped from a lot of people's memories. Yeah, yeah. Of just like, that's a good thing well, for sure. I had the Patriots defense going in that game. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah, big yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it, it wasn't as bad for me to be honest, but um, yeah, no, Allison. I think it'll be a legit competition. This isn't the coaching staff that uh, that drafted Allison. Uh, he was taken in 2019, but uh, I, I I think that that will be one of those one of those competitions where you know we'll, we'll see. It'll be very spirited and very heated in the preseason. Uh, you know, I I always my favorite part of the preseason is always seeing that. Uh, competition for the last running back spot, that competition for the last wide receiver spot, uh, seeing what what happens, what happens there. Because normally it's it's a, a bunch of guys playing for one spot, and in this case it'll be Allison, Huntley, and a few undrafted guys playing for that uh, last running back spot. Because I, I think the Patterson, Cordero, uh, Damian Williams, and Algier are, are locks. Uh, mm. But yeah, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I think it'll be, it, it it'll be nice. I I think Allison has has a bit of a leg up just because he played in this offense last year, and like you mentioned, he looked pretty good. Five yards per carry is really good. Like you'll you'll take that from any running back. Yeah. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens in the preseason, and that that'll be that'll be something to look for in those fourth quarters of those preseason games where all the starters are out and we're trying to, uh, we're trying to still keep it entertaining when we're doing our preseason analysis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's certainly an interesting room to, to consider. I mean, I do think Patterson's sort of the nominal starter, at least. Um, I think he'll probably get the most overall touches combined, but you know, what does Damian Williams do? Like, I, 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 I think he can play all three downs and do a little bit of everything. Um, he's maybe the best pass protector, so maybe he takes over more of a third down role. And then you, you sort of think that Algier is going to have a chance to it's sort of take on more of the, the early down stuff. Yeah. Um, but how do you guys sort of see the carries, the, the, the workload being split up between those three? Because, I, I mean, while I think, you know, an Olison and a Huntley, those guys are going to make the roster and they'll get – opportunities if guys have to miss time but the the top three guys are the ones that are going to be getting carries on like a week-by-week basis so um i think that i think they'll finally listen to me which is what i've been wanting last year and finally go with more of a legitimate running back by committee last season we saw it a little bit but it was more so of a patterson and mike davis type thing and 
you know, Patterson got a lot of those running back carries just out of sheer necessity because Davis wasn't getting the job done. Um, I think we'll see Williams. Uh, I, I'd be all for having Algier get some of those early downs and the short yarded work. Damien Williams uh, come uh, splitting those carries with him. Cordero Patterson, I think, will get the most touches out of these guys. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean he'll get the most carries. Um, right. He'll be lined up out wide. He'll be given plenty of, of routes out of the backfield. He'll be, he'll be used uh, in very creative ways that Arthur Smith will think up for him. And we saw that last year. And I think that the Tyler Algier pick will unlock that even more so. Just because last year we saw Patterson break down a little bit just because out of necessity he had to be given a lot of those traditional carries out of the backfield. And I don't think that Arthur Smith wanted to do that. I think he had to. And I don't think that he wants to do that this year. So now you'll have multiple running backs to possibly take those carries and then you can really – you can really let Cordero Patterson loose a little bit. And for the record, I was looking, I was doing some uh, research for fantasy football drafts just because, you know, it's May and I kind of got the nostalgia this week. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, but Cordero Patterson is going like seventh, eighth round in some of these drafts. And I, I think that that should change by August. But I think, I think you'd be getting a steal if you got Cordero Patterson that late. Yeah, I mean, I love just picking him up, like, randomly in free agency after, like, week two or something, and then him being, like, a week-to-week starter. Uh, <laughs> you know, that I enjoyed that. You know, I think seventh to eighth, I don't know, that, that might be a little low considering how valuable running back is, but um, certainly I think a guy that's going to be a valuable asset uh, in fantasy. And if he, still, if he gets that joint running back wide receiver tag again, that's super valuable too. So that was that was pretty great. I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, Evan, anything else you want to add on this running back group before we uh, wrap it up tonight? Not really. Um, just kind of piggybacking off what Adnan said. It's like with Patterson, it seemed like his better games were when he wasn't being forced to be like just stay in the backfield and do that thing. Um, it's only going to benefit him to have someone else who's kind of reliable back there. So you could, you know, come up with those creative plays, like Adnan said, where maybe you've got Algier and Patterson out there. And, you know, when you see a lot of the teams, it's like they bring their running back out wide, like playing receiver. And it's like, you, you know, they put a guy on him, but it's not like they're really expecting that dude to get the ball where Patterson, all of a sudden you line him up outside or in the slot or something. It's like, you really have to, play him like he's a receiver because you know he kind of is um so i think that only benefits the team hopefully i don't know if it'll be damian williams or algier out of the gate but um you know between the two of them surely one of them will be pretty good yeah yeah i i think uh i like the look of the group overall i think it's it's well-rounded i think uh algier will get a shot i think we're gonna see that that smith is more willing to use his rookie running backs than dan quinn was dan quinn notoriously didn't use rookie running backs like at all Uh, Mm -hmm. i think ito smith's first year he was barely used tevin coleman's first year he was barely used uh quadri olsen barely used so like it i think uh i think we're gonna see arthur smith a little more willing to use algier (laughs) than than uh dan quinn was so that'll be fun to see 
Um, yeah, guys, really appreciate everyone hanging out with us tonight. Um, like I said, the next Q and A session gonna probably it's gonna be Monday or Tuesday. We'll we'll have that ironed out soon. But if you're interested in taking part in that, it's Patreon.com/slash/FalcoholicLive. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Please do also like and subscribe if you haven't done so already. Both of those metrics numbers help us out quite a bit. Appreciate everyone for doing that. Um, yeah, we'll be back uh, next week for any other news that happens to drop. We'll also, uh, next week, it's wide receiver and tight end for the roster review, so we'll be breaking down those two positions. Uh, before we take off, I want to thank my co-host this evening. First of all, we have Adnan Ikic. He is at Say Which Way on the Twitters. Adnan, anything you're working on you'd like to plug? Uh, just stick with the Falcoholic for any and all things Falcons-related. We're doing that roundtable game by game. Uh, this is basically, whenever anyone says this, it means the answer is, is no. Um, <laughs> you know, just stick with the Falcoholic. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, how about that? We we went over an hour easy. Yeah. Like, easy. We are, we're Literally zero news. Uh, so. <laughs> there is nothing going on out there. Not a single thing. Like, rookie OTAs don't even count. And, you know, we got over an hour. And shout out to the viewers, too, man. Like, there were, there was over 110 of you guys. I think it peaked at, like, 120. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, like, sticking with us, talking May football out here. And, Amazing. I mean, I think that's that's pretty awesome because I feel like what we all have that um, – we're, we're all just a little bit addicted to that NFL narcotic. <laughs> that uh that we're having withdrawals from at this at this point in the year but you know it'll be back it'll be back soon just a few months from now uh and the cycle repeats but yeah shout out to you guys for you know watching with us and for being with us on on a a warm summer night in may when you could be doing you know literally anything else (laughs) literally anything yes uh yes we appreciate you guys for hanging out with us in this late may uh edition of the Falcoholic Live. Also with us tonight, Evan Birchfield. He's at Evan Birchfield on Twitter. Evan, anything else you'd like to plug? Um, yeah. Um, I did. We have our positional reviews or post-draft reviews or whatever. Um, I did the corner ones and special teams will be up. Um, I'm not sure by the end of the week or early next week. Also, um, do my fourth annual 32 uh, teams, 32 sleepers fantasy article which you'll post sometime in early June, um, which uh, so be on the lookout for that. If you're into super early fantasy content um, and I guess yeah, we'll you, be doing a Falcolic. Uh, hey, you know, thing, I am, right? Evan, I just told you I'm a, I yeah. went through the draft board for. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm not to, not to self brag, but look at my past one. Um, I had some random hits that I got. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm good at it, but got lucky on a couple names um usually with the falcons i kind of struggle but i had russell gage as a sleeper i didn't foresee the whole calvin ridley thing um but this year um actually i'm not gonna spoil it just look for the mm-hmm. article what, look for the article guys read the article what, yeah. what was your best hit from last year uh, overall maybe i'm on ross st brown yeah, um, yeah but if you go through it's like again not trying to humble brag or anything like that but there's some really like it's like I didn't know it was going to be that good, but it's like, hmm, that guy turned out pretty well. St. Brown's so. going to be a good late pick too. Uh, again, yeah. Yeah. I know yeah. it's May, but mm. going through that, I, I see him ranked in around like 
seventh round. I mean, yeah, yeah. I feel like that would be a steal. He, yeah, he I won feel like playoff games last People year. get scared off of free agent ads. Like DJ, I think DJ Chark went there, right? So maybe yeah, they're kind of yeah. like skeptical of that. But it's like if the dude can play, the dude can play. Like you shouldn't get too scared from you know somebody else being at. If anything, it might help Amon Ross St. Brown because then they don't have to go. Okay, well that's who it's clearly going. To. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, no, definitely check that out. I'm looking forward to it. It's a good piece, especially for and, this time of year. And, and I will be joining the Falcoholic Fantasy League this year. I okay. was not part of it last year, but you know, I am looking forward to. But I, I'm normally I'm only in one fantasy league ever. I have my main league with my friends, uh, and then I'll, I'll I'll like leave the Falcoholic ones. Like I know we had a Falcoholic one every year. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll have that as my like secondary league, which to be honest with you, I never really paid too much attention to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, no, I, I feel like I feel like one is enough. I, I I think I think there should be everyone should be in, in a couple fantasy leagues. Yeah, it you know mm-hmm. it, it's, it can be fun. You know, if you're doing it makes, well, it's great. Yeah, yeah. And it makes you like actually care about games you normally don't. That's oh my god, my favorite part. If it's yeah. like the. Well, Browns, I can't use that as an example. Let's say hey, the Jets and the Jags are playing on a Thursday night. Normally, right. you don't care. But, like, if you had, you know, some players in there, all of a sudden you really do care, especially if it's later in the season. So it gets you invested in games, you know, that you normally don't want to watch. Yeah, let me tell you, like, I, I will shamelessly be watching every single snap of let, let's say let's say <laughs> i'm starting elijah moore i have elijah moore mm-hmm. and you know that's the only player i'm starting or mm-hmm. even if only my opponent has like one of those players i will shamelessly watch every snap of a jets jaguars thursday night game like yeah. every single one <laughs> and i mean i won't even care who like some sundays i'm like watching and i'm like tracking my fantasy players and stuff and I don't even remember who won the game. I'll like, I'll like, I'll like that <laughs> I'm a winner because my fantasy players went off. So that's all well, I and that's about. that's the other benefit is like overall you become a better like NFL fan because oh, all yeah. of a sudden you can name you know the fourth receiver on the Jags or something because somebody got hurt and you just like picked him up and you're really paying attention and stuff like that. So overall, it's a good thing. You know, if you want to play you know some people play for money some people play for fun either way you know it just keeps football interesting yeah Yeah. and uh, i mean to be honest with you it's uh, i mean uh, more power to you if you can do like nine ten fantasy leagues (laughs) Uh, i feel like that's a bit much just because then it's like if you're tracking them then it's like all right i have this player going in this league and i'm playing against him in this league and then it's like yeah it yeah, gets yeah. A little, then it gets, like, it gets dicey then yeah yeah it gets a lot of two <laughs> in the weeds for me in that it's case like, oh but... i want him to do good but not too good you know yeah. yeah but but i mean definitely if you're not if you've never played it if you know just start one up with your friends mm-hmm. and i mean that then it, it just takes the whole nfl fandom to a new level like legitimately it's it's just so fun yeah, it's Definitely. a good time. It's a good time. Dynasty's fun too. Uh, for people mm-hmm. to, to partake in that. That's a good time as well. It's a little bit different. Um yeah. Well guys, we will have I'm sure more fantasy takes for you as well because there's a long off season. So uh we appreciate yeah. everyone for tuning in. Thanks again, guys. I'm Kevin. I have Falcoholic Kevin. Uh more player profiles coming this week, like I said. Uh pa- patron Q and A early next week. Uh, and we'll see about getting some other great guests on here as well. Uh and yeah, we just really appreciate everyone hanging out with us tonight. We will see you guys next week on the Falcoholic Live. Until then, guys, have a great night, folks.
See ya. See you guys.